You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the weekend edition of the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Here's Weston Nakamura to break down everything you need to know. Why did equities have their best week year to date, or the best rally since November 2020 on a Fed lift off of zero rate hike? Why are equities rallying as bond yields, especially at the front end, surging? Yield curves are flattening. Some parts of the curve are even inverting. Why is it doing it on that backdrop? Why led by tech of all sectors in a surging yield and global policy tightening environment? And, and policy tightening, not because of economic strength, but because of central banks that misread screaming inflation and are now scrambling to catch up in super delayed defensive response. Um, and doing so with the most, like, not give a damn about taper tantrums urgency um maybe like the first time ever since this like interventionist monetary policy became the norm um and oh yeah let's uh why not throw in a global supply chain and a state of wreck and for good measure let's just throw in a, a war breaking out and escalating amongst the world's greatest military and economic powers happening in, in the middle of like geographic europe any of these can um, and have, you know, single-handedly crush uh, equity markets by themselves, and they have been. Uh, but all of these risk-off factors all happening simultaneously at once, and then the FOMC's rate hike triggers a massive reversal rally in equities, and it's not just any rally either. This is the best rally since November 2020, and it's a massive rally. Just to remind you, okay. So in like November 2020, we got a double catalyst rally. Okay, so we we got first of all, we got the like um finally the the official word of the US election results that had been delayed. Um as well as Pfizer announcing the breakthrough of the COVID vaccine. Those two those two headlines happened within like 30 minutes of one another, heading into right into like US cash equity open. So like think about that. Like what were the biggest market um you know risks like overhanging for the preceding one to two years? It was COVID and election uncertainty, right? And so either of those solved by themselves would warrant a major cross as a global risk on rally, but they happened simultaneously. And what we saw in the three days following FOMC um to round out the week, that rally was akin to the november 2020 election uncertainty gone and uh covid vaccine development rally so how the hell does that make sense it makes sense to the guy from earlier the video uh without electricity and light shown here in exhibit a that guy who by the way that's as far as I know, is the only financial market commentator out there who openly and explicitly tells people that if you listen to him, you're going to lose all your money due to being a very stupid person. That guy makes sense. Let me show you a strikingly similar looking character pictured here in Exhibit B. Now, this guy 
this guy, first and foremost, clearly a snappy dresser. Okay? It's not an opinion. That's just a plain fact. I just wanted to, you know, get that out there. But other than being a snappy dresser, this guy in Exhibit B, he and many, many others who say the same exact thing as this guy, these are the very confused people regarding the post-FOMC equity market search. And you can see it on major financial media networks, where some global head of market strategy at the uh, too-big-to-succeed bank openly says, like, this is really puzzling to me. Um, which, look, at least they're being honest, right? Because I've heard some incredibly stupid explanations. I've heard, you know, Fed rate hike and dot plots were an upside surprise to markets. Look, let's be absolutely clear about something, okay? Whether or not the start of an FOMC policy tightening cycle is equity market positive, I'll leave that one alone. But nobody, I mean absolutely nobody, on March 16th at 2 p.m. Eastern saw the Federal Open Market Committee raise the target range on Fed funds by 25 basis points and was in any way shocked or caught off guard. Right? They, they did what? Nobody said that. Okay? And after saying that, nobody definitely said, well, buy tech stocks in full size at market. Like, whatever that happens to me, if the market makes no sense, then I just default to what did I get wrong? Not that the market reaction is wrong. And also by market reaction too, I'm not talking about some like three-minute knee-jerk algo move on illiquid mid-cap single stock. I mean something like a decisive, one-way, directional, and sustained global equity index move on heavy volume that then picks up at Asia Open and then holds through Asia Close and then picks up at European Open and then holds uh, strong through... Um, you know, once again, picked up at U.S. Open strong again. Um, you know, this market move that keeps reinforcing itself. It's like that kind of thing is what warrants me to question myself. Okay, so here's what actually happened uh, for uh, regarding the equity market and the FOMC. Um, and by the way, I tweeted about this before this move. Follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Across the Spread for real time, uh, or in this case, prior market commentary, the global equity rally that started towards the end of Powell's uh, press conference has nothing to do with the Fed. This was a delayed reaction from a major, major policy unveil out of China from earlier that day. Okay? So what happened was, during Asia equity hours um, on the day of FOMC, China had unleashed what many had called at the time, or still calling, you know, the equivalent of Draghi's whatever-it-takes moment. And China basically said that they are going to actively release policies favorable to markets via, like, regulatory and monetary policy, monetary policy and fiscal policy and stuff like that, right? So basically, you know, you have the uh, vice premier at the state council, uh, Li He, which is the highest body, and also later uh, echoed and confirmed by the PBOC, basically going through like each like market overhang and risk um, in Chinese markets over the past year, and just flipped all of those like negative like overhangs 
um, on its head and just completely negated it one by one. Okay, so take the regulatory tech crackdown. That's gone. That's now turned into support of the platform economy. The deleveraging of the property sector. Remember that? That's now turned into uh, protecting the property sector from risks and, like, you know, ensuring, like, new loan growth and, and things of that nature. Support for overseas, like, listings of companies and apparently, you know, an immense amount of progress made coordination with, like, U.S. officials and U.S. regulators um, in cooperation, which had been taking place as well. So... All of these like measures that were overhanging the Chinese uh, market, and they also said they're also going to be better on communication on market impacting policies going forward. And just in case, like all of this is like very direct, explicit market support and like verbal intervention. Just in case it wasn't clear that like Chinese uh, officials at the highest level were saying this is market bottom as far as they're concerned. They explicitly encouraged long-term institutional foreign investors to increase their shareholdings. Like you don't get any more like direct market jawboarding than that. You compare that to like new dot plots, and you tell me which has like more immediate direct market impact, right? So the market response was remarkable to say the least. Hang Seng Index closed up on the day 9%. The index, well, this is the largest single-day jump since October of 2008, highest trading volume in a decade. China 8 shares were up 12.5%, A shares 5%. The Hang Seng Tech Index, this is the best day on record, up 20% on the day for the index. The component giants, like Alibaba, JD, Neituan, they were up over 30% on the day. Tencent was up over 20% on the day. And by on the day, I mean like this came out mid-afternoon, so this happened within like one or two hours. Uh, and of course, this moved global indices higher. You know, like, although markets like, you know, so Nikkei in Japan, Kospi in Korea, Aussie Spy, like they were already like up coming off of a strong US overnight session. But then you also had European indices opening up like 2.5% higher. And this was all, actually, this was cross-asset too. You saw bonds sell off a little bit, curve steeping a little bit, but there was like a rally in FX pairs like Aussie Yen, AUD, JPY. Commodities, SGX iron ore futures, which were up like 9 or 10%. Steel futures were up about 3%. And again, this is because of support for the property and development sector. This is from the state council. This is the highest body. And then it was followed up by the PBOC afterwards just to reconfirm this like coordination. So this like Mario Draghi, whatever it takes, you know, China version moment that had occurred, which by the way, the market response was definitely, you know, largely like a short cover as opposed to like, you know, new longs at that moment. Because when you see single stock names like, you know, Alibaba, Tencent, whatever, up like 30%, there's look, FOMO is a powerful force, but completely being price indiscriminate, um, that is panic to get out of position at any cost, right? That's what that is. And these were heavily shorter names. At that time, I also tweeted, and again, this was during this is like while it was happening, um, in real time during Asia hours. So this is well before like you know the the FOMC, which was like much later that day. But what I said was. The U.S. like equity index futures reaction, so E-minis and like Nasdaq futures, right? Yeah, they did move upwards in tandem with 
the rest of the risk on. But it was only like by, you know, one, one and a half percent or so. So my, my guess at the time, and what I was saying was that this is definitely a muted reaction um, as far as the U.S. indices are concerned. And the reason is because my feeling was that a lot of investors with a shit ton of firepower um, that are ready to put that dry powder to work, they are not going to jump ahead of March FOMC later that day, right? So what they're going to do is they're going to just make sure that everything is just normal and kosher and fine with the March FOMC, be it 25 basis points, 50 basis points, whatever it is, the dot plots get like, you know, shifted upwards and all that. All that's like fine. As long as it's like, you know, nothing crazy happens like Paul Volcker suddenly rises from the ashes and takes over Jay Powell's body and all of a sudden they say like, yeah, 1500 basis points rate hike. As long as there's nothing like that, then you're going to get a residual delayed reaction. But you're not going to have, like, you know, money managers jump in now ahead of March of FOMC to go long Chinese equities. Uh, so therefore, what I said was, what that means is that whatever comes out of FOMC, specifically saying that when this post-FOMC Powell press conference rally occurs, let's not blindly attribute this to the Fed, regardless of what comes out of the Fed. Um, and then I also tweeted about it after it happened. Uh, I was also on Real Vision Twitter Spaces shortly thereafter with Ash and Jim Bianco explaining all the following. So don't just blindly attribute like the market reaction to the Fed, right? There was a massive Mario Draghi style whatever takes bazooka that was fired out of Asia. Don't like just paper over that because of all eyes on the Fed and. Be aware that there is a lot of pent-up capital waiting for the green light from the Fed that all is as expected, and then you're going to get the residual reaction. Okay, so that's why I said during uh, Asia trading hours well before FOMC. Now look, this seems probably very obvious to many market participants, obviously, because many market participants were the very ones buying and participating in this activity to the upside. Obviously, they're aware of what they've done. But this is also being completely overlooked by, I'd say, the majority of especially U.S.-based investors. And why? It's because of this. Exhibit B. This guy, if all eyes are on the Fed, then that means that anything that happens will be attributed to the Fed. Market up, down, flat, it'll just be rooted in a Fed-induced market move. And all eyes on the Fed also means no eyes anywhere else. That's why this guy is a confused clown. The March FOMC 25 basis point rate hike was the most expected rate hike out of the Fed, like, ever, right? Hours earlier, China coming out of nowhere and completely overturning every, like, self-induced market sell catalyst that they've held firm on for nearly a year straight and saying ex explicitly, these are measures to uplift markets and for long only long-term investors add to your shareholdings. Not only is that far more of a direct market uh, impacting you know, force than an incremental move in Fed funds, which is not a directly equity market you know, moving measure, 
let alone in the wrong direction. But China pulling this, like, whatever it takes, like, that is something of shock and awe magnitude that will trigger a major trillions of dollars in asset shifting move. Um, also, I, I don't care if China is full of shit or not. In fact, my personal view that I also said in my tweet beforehand, and I also talked about with Jim Bianco during Twitter space afterwards, but my personal view is that this is actually far more alarming than it is bullish, and I'm absolutely not going to go long China on this for reasons which I'll get into in a minute, but like, regardless of what your view is or what my view is on the policy unveiled or, or like China credibility or like whatever, right? The fact is that the second largest economy and the second largest equity markets in the world can and absolutely induce a major market move in the near term. So if you're sitting there thinking China doesn't have that kind of power, you deserve to be confused, as well as any losses from trading. In fact, I'll even say that China like, doesn't carry the same type of verbal market firepower than uh, officials in the US and Japan and Europe uh, can exert. Um, which is exactly why this isn't a full-on cross-asset move, and instead is largely just isolated to the equity markets. This is why bond and FX markets have not participated, have ignored this move, because it's equity-based, and China supporting Chinese and Hong Kong-listed equities doesn't have the firepower of, say, the BOJ or the ECB, who can't move just the equity market or just the bond market in isolation. Now, in my geopolitical trading video, I talked about being religiously objective because there are many, many out there who are not, and you can exploit their non-objective flaws to generate alpha. But when I say pure objectivity, I mean for everything, not just like for like uh, political bias and stuff like that. Um, and one major ingrained flaw that is uniquely handicapping my fellow Americans is this subconscious American exceptionalism that's, like, ingrained. All eyes on the Fed is a form of American exceptionalism mindset that's detrimental to your market understanding if you harbor that, let alone detrimental to your portfolio. So when I was on Twitter Spaces with Ash and Jim Bianco, and just a few hours after FOMC to explain what this rally was all about, the way I just explained it. So Jim Bianco had a bunch of questions for me um, about my thesis. So yesterday, uh, in China, there was a massive, massive policy um, announcement. It was basically what's being dubbed as the equivalent of Mario Draghi's um, whatever it takes moment. Everything seems fine and cool. Then you're going to get the residual reaction. Uh, Chinese ADRs, um, they're up like 30% uh, intraday. And you can see the volume spike too. This, this is for, um, for Alibaba. And you could see the Nasdaq um, move like in tandem with that. So mm. this was just basically kind of pent up like capital and like waiting to be deployed. They have this huge like posing um, policy force going in the opposite direction of what the Fed is doing. And they launched that, you know, out of nowhere um, hours before the Fed. But, you know, people were just kind of waiting uh, on the sidelines just to, to make sure that everything was, was fine with the Fed. And then they came in. Once everything yeah. looked fine, and so that's that's my explanation for the for the rally. Weston, can I, can go I ahead, Jim. Jump in, please. Yeah, Weston. Yeah. We should also mention that what was the Chinese market looking like before yesterday? Horrendous. Like it was looking Horrendous. like two thousand eight. It was. It was. Like it it was, was. It was on the verge of imploding on itself. 
Yeah, so, exactly. And then we had a massive turnaround. And you, as you said, if it's um, analogous to Draghi's whatever it takes moment, uh, how much does the Chinese government have to follow through? What do we expect to happen in the coming days or weeks from the Chinese government, other than to say, we're going to, so, you know, yeah, so we're going to go from here. Jim, you're absolutely right. So like the month of March, just the, the 10 trading days in March, um, there was something like a 23% decline in the Hang Seng tech, tech Index. The day before um, this happened, the Hang Seng Tech Index um, had the most volatile day it had in its in its history. Um, it had like a net 11% swing. Every single like reason to, to not invest in China was kind of kind of coming to fruition. Uh, first of all, I'm not get, gonna get long China at all, but like, the, and the reason is because why? Like, why are they doing this? I don't actually find this to be bullish. I find it to be more alarming than anything. That every single thing that they just like all last year, they did not, you know, give a crap about um, foreign investors PNL or anything like that. Suddenly, all of those things on the same day, all at once, they are completely flipped around on, and they're saying we are directly going to support the market. And I'm wondering if they're doing that because do they see something of things that they can't exactly control, be it something Russia-related or uh, you know some broader sort of force that they can't just kind of switch on and off? Like, are they doing this uh, ahead of something? It, what, Weston, right, you're, so. you're, you're going you're going right where I was going to ask you because there's an argument that has been made that really what the Chinese announced last night by easing up on their companies and allowing that massive short covering is a bit of panic by the Chinese government. Holy crap! We now see what's coming, and it isn't good, and we got to try and turn things around. So, you subscribing that there might be some of that there? What we saw from last night that this was a decision made out of weakness and not necessarily out of strength? Absolutely. Because they they suddenly care about foreigners' p after like a year of like, like I, I, I've, a year I've, of killing them. A, a year of like, <laughs> well, killing them or otherwise like just not caring. And right. so why, why now? So I feel like there's something coming and this is a pre-defensive move. Um, I don't know. But either way, I just want to offer my view as to, an explanation as to why equities rallied post the FOMC is nothing to do with the FOMC. It's just this pent up inflows from this, this huge, like whatever it takes bazooka that was shot off. That's arguably really? much more significant um, on market impact than uh, 25 basis points. That's been long priced in hmm. um, for the fed. So I, I do have to uh, run. I just want to point out that the Nikkei just opened up almost 3%. 3% on the Nikkei 225. Yeah, so like again, this is just like there was a massive easing bazooka that was launched yesterday in Asia um and it is uh going to completely overshadow uh the FOMC that was totally priced in and no surprise. Uh, Western, thanks I love thanks it. for uh yeah. Thanks Jim. It. Good talking I, to you. Yeah, good talking to you, Weston. Yeah, thank you, global, Weston. A truly global perspective, Weston, and uh thanks for joining us from Tokyo. Okay. Then Two days later, on the Daily Briefing, Jim Bianco said this. The Real Vision Daily Briefing. It's Friday, March 18, 2022. I'm Ash Bennington, joined today by Jim Bianco. There's two things going on here. And the first one, I, I think, is, is just a good old-fashioned short cover that really kicked off with the Fed meeting on Wednesday afternoon. Remember that uh, for a brief moment there after the Fed announcement, we were down on the day. We weren't very much off the lows. That was 48 hours ago. 
And then we got that relentless surge in the market that has continued. And that was coupled with the announcement out of China two days ago that the Chinese government, after bludgeoning their technology companies and most of their companies for the right. last year, has finally called it off. Um, you know, that they are going to at least now back off. And we saw an enormous short squeeze. I mean, some numbers that you only see in the crypto space, the Golden Dragon Index, the Chinese ADR index is up 30% for the week. And that's after being down 13% on Monday. It looks like a short cover. Now, whether or not that meanders into managers are going to say, Given everything I see, I want to commit new money to the market, or the public says, I want to commit new money to the market. Well, we'll find that out next week. But for right now, it does look like a short cover. And that's what makes Jim an actual professional market practitioner. Not, not because he agrees with me or whatever, but simply because he has a global mind frame and doesn't start off on the template of American exceptionalism or like all eyes on the Fed. And this is despite him being in America and is like relied upon and makes a living off of his interpretation of the Fed. And still, you know, he's he's able to have a, an open enough mind that there there are more forces out there other than just the FOMC and the Fed. So Bianco is not the guy that you can exploit and pick Alpha from. Fortunately, there are far uh, more that are the exact opposite of Bianco. And I'll show you an example, a perfect example right now from that very conversation. Okay, so as I mentioned, I had to leave the Twitter spaces midway through, uh, so I left. But, like, I went back afterwards and I listened to the rest of it uh, later, and you can check it out too. There was an individual who I will blur out anonymously for this video, because um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on this one person. I'm using him as an example, um, to extrapolate across like millions who are of the same. But nonetheless, I'm going to use him as an example, make some comments in response to what I had said after uh, I had left. Let's call him Captain America. I'm going to play Captain America's comment. Here's Captain America. Uh, the last speaker talked about kind of this, uh, <clears throat> this move in Asian markets and kind of spit around the world into our markets and everything. And then he made a comment at the very end talking about the Fed is inconsequential. I think the Fed is absolutely consequential and everything stems from the U.S., not from Asia. I mean, the idea that, the you know, every, everything in China, you know, the Chinese, the, the Hong Kong and Shanghai, they, that stock market has been broken for a long time. And it's just been going down, 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 down. There is bound to be a, you know, a, a snap back, uh, you know, and then we had one. So I'm not sure that uh, jumping into Asian equities is, is the right thing to do at this juncture. In about 30 seconds, he just exemplifies exactly what I'm talking about with this all eyes on the Fed, like this, like in denial of any other forces outside of America, um, American exceptionalism. So apparently, according to him, I made a comment at the end saying that the Fed is inconsequential. First of all, Let's put aside the fact that I absolutely didn't say that the Fed is inconsequential, okay? I would never say that. Nobody ever would. If you think that you heard me or anybody say that the Fed is of no, no consequence, is inconsequential, and then have to state that you think that the Fed is absolutely consequential, 
then that means that you actually believe that I would say that the world's most powerful and influential central bank, if not institution, period, is one without consequence. You need to default to, like, you must have misheard or misunderstood. So, here's what I actually said. And then just keep in mind that there's a Bank of England uh, coming out um, at 8 a.m. Eastern tomorrow for you guys. Bank of England moved rates uh, in, what was it, September and in November. And then the Bank of Japan is on Friday um, at noon Japan time. And just watch the JGB, 10-year JGB yields. Should that get up to 25 basis points, which is where yield curve control is, they're going to have to do fixed rate operation. Might tweak the policy um, if, they, if they feel the need to, um, given the more hawkish ECB and all that. So this, it's not over just because the Fed is, is over. Fed is probably the least like, consequential of, of all these other uh, central banks. So relative to the other central banks, that I mentioned, and I'm clearly talking about in the context of immediate term market price action drivers as per my half hour long discussion on immediate term market price action drivers. Um, and the reason I'm making a point to like correct this, you know, th this very point is because of what he says immediately, immediately after. And he made a comment at the very end talking about the Fed is inconsequential. I think the Fed is absolutely consequential. And everything stems from the U.S., not from Asia. Okay. Everything stems from the U.S. This sentence, and I don't have to explain any further, but this is the mentality that makes you preconditioned for mishearing and then actually thinking that someone like me would think, that, think and say that the Fed is absolutely inconsequential to begin with. And everything stems from the U.S., not from Asia. I mean, the idea that, the you know, every, everything in China, you know, the Chinese, the, the Hong Kong and Shanghai, they... The, that stock market has been broken for a long time, and it's just been going down, 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 down. There is bound to be a, you know, a, a snap back, uh, you know, and then we had one. So I'm not sure that uh, jumping into Asian equities is is the right thing to do at this juncture. Jumping into Asian equities, like way to distinguish the Hang Seng Index from Kospi and Nikkei 225, by the way. But yeah, Captain America, you're in agreement with me. I don't know how on earth that. Your takeaway from my discourse with Jim Bianco gave you any sort of impression that I'm going long China, like that that was the play. But again, the reason that I'm highlighting these like completely way off the mark comments is I'm not trying to like correct the record on these specific comments. I'm using these as examples to show you like that you could extrapolate. Like these are the types of side effects of this. America central, America exceptionalism, the rest of the world doesn't exist, the rest of the world does not need to be paid attention to, all lies the Fed, that kind of like closed box like mentality, this like mental prison that you are like living in, this is what comes of that. The difference between an actual market professional veteran like Bianco and Captain America isn't just Jim having a true understanding of the markets, but rather he has a true understanding of understanding the markets. Jim doesn't root himself in all eyes on the Fed and everything stems from America. This guy does. The consequences and the results and the outcomes of each path are day and night, as you can see here. That's why I'm showing you this. And not just what you hear from them respectively say regarding markets, but how wide um, or limited one's scope of understanding therefore becomes. So, look, I don't know how much farther the China triggered impact flow will last upon, you know, the global equity markets. 
But just reflect back to pre-FOMC and then FOMC and then post-FOMC to current from this angle of a China policy bazooka driver. And then see if markets behavior, see if equity markets behavior makes more sense. And I suspect I suspect they will. And this is impacting only equities for a reason, which is why there is this sudden divergence between equities and bond markets, because bond markets do follow the Fed um, far more closely than equity markets. Um, and China can't affect the DM bond markets with their verbal intervention like they can, you know, uh, mega cap Chinese Chinese equities that spill over into DM equities. And furthermore, and when this guy is talking about like everything originates from America too, right? This is again, this is another like that also goes with the assumption that like who the hell do you think these flows are coming from? These are global, but these are by and large also U.S. equity managers. They are international equity managers, but they are physically located in the U.S. Probably managing assets from its American capital from American investors entrusted with an American money manager or an institutional investor that is deploying that capital overseas. And those investment flows matter. You know, there's a reason why, you know, after like a week or so of this Ukrainian war, you see European equities uh, open down two, three, and four percent at like European open. And even these, um, and you know, U.S. like equity index futures are also trading down like two and a half percent, and it looks like it's going to be like a U.S. market open down to two and a half percent type of day, only to see like equity markets actually open up more or less flat and actually start trading green for a bit at U.S. cash open. You know why that is? It's because in part there are fund managers from both Europe and in the U.S who are selling Europe to buy U.S. equities. You have to allocate this something or somewhere or some region. The United States is going to get some of that flow. I have long suspected, too, that the equity strength in U.S. markets for 2021, a good proportion of that was due to the outflows out of China. So like people were thinking, like, you know, China equity markets are, are crashing, or, like, the Hang Seng uh, Index is, like, crashing, and that's going to have this like negative contagion effect on uh, US equity markets. No, that's the reason that I had my long QQQ, short CQQQ, or long capitalism, short with Chinese characteristics trade on, uh, if you guys recall that. The reason I had that on was in part because this pair trade was based on this notion of Flows are going to come out of China into the U.S. So, again, everything stems from America. Well, first of all, no, it doesn't. Even if it does, America does not invest in only America. Also, what's insane to me is the major financial media outlets, right? Because, look, it's one thing if you never knew about this major policy bazooka fired off in Asia. Um, it's another thing altogether if you're CNBC reporting on this in the morning on of FOMC day and then after FOMC shrugging your shoulders as to why markets are rallying on the Fed. It's not on the Fed. You just reported on what it is. Like this isn't like complex dot connecting. This is about like I, I don't know like super short term memory loss. 
Um, or this is how powerful this like obsession with focusing solely on the Fed is like that you can actually have the answer in your head that you've actually said out loud and not even realize it. So never, ever, ever be an all eyes on the Fed person. The Fed, because it's the most influential, is the most heavily scrutinized. And therefore, they really can induce like a double digit intraday index move on a scheduled policy meeting. Unless they go truly crazy, right? But on a just like in line, like possibly they can't do that, right? So back to why I showed you like myself in the dark, that earthquake hit well after the China bazooka, but four or five hours before 2 p.m. FOMC release. And I was completely out of power when the FOMC announcement came. And it was literally me trading off my iPad tethered to my iPhone. Not my like five monitor like trading setup that I have. Um, I was trading the Fed via index futures um, and a synthetic long options position on QQQ. Synthetic long options is basically selling puts to fund long calls at the same strike price, for which I actually collected a premium on. Um, so I was credited a premium. So I was, in other words, I got paid to open my long and then my long appreciated. And that also meant that because I had to be efficient with my bandwidth, all of this I was doing without hearing a word of the PAL press conference. And frankly, I didn't need to hear what Powell was saying. I just need to look at the live market. And I had a total net about 430% gain um, all in all into market close. So of these two, ironically, the guy trading in the dark is not exhibit A. The guy trading in the dark is exhibit B in bright, bright light. So, like I said, are we here for the number guessing game or to express our, like, ideologies, personal ideologies via our capital at risk? Or are we here for figuring out green and red blinking tickers? I am here for the latter. I assume that you are as well. And so look at everything from that perspective first. Markets first, story, whatever, later. If you never knew that March FOMC was occurring that day and you were just looking at markets alone, and then afterward you try to piece everything together, you would say that it was it was China. The only thing that the Fed had to do with that move was that it paused the reaction. And once the Fed showed that they were inconsequential to immediate term market price action, then you got the residual reaction from the China catalyst. Follow me on Twitter at Across the Spread. All this was mentioned before it happened, mentioned right after it happened, and talked about on Twitter spaces. So follow me on Across the Spread, because sometimes earthquakes hit, and I can only tweet. Uh, but thanks for watching this one, and uh, good luck out there, and we'll see you soon. Thanks. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. 
Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.